0: Good morning, everybody. Is it too early to say Merry Christmas? All right. Well, Merry Christmas. Um, I hope during this season that you're not that that you're full of joy and not stressed out. Uh, this has been we've been doing well. Uh, it's good to be back at church. We've been gone for a few weeks because of quarantine. Although my ears were a little bit stressed this morning, I was telling David. Uh, they were trying to bear my glasses and this microphone, and then I put a put put the mask on over them, and they were trying to carry a lot of stuff. But uh, but they'll survive, yeah. So, um, but the reason why we can have joy no matter what, and uh, no matter what the <laughs> circumstances are, is because of what we're going to talk about this morning, uh, Emmanuel that in, the birth, in celebrating the birth of Jesus, we are talking about how God came to be with us and in us. So uh, let's, let's open up with prayer. Father, we give thanks to you for your goodness to us. We once again praise you, Jesus, for coming and um, putting on flesh and dwelling among us Lord, we ask that you would speak to us through your word, open our hearts and our ears and our minds uh, to hear your word, to understand it, and to have the grace, by your grace, uh, walk in it. We thank you, Lord. Uh, Be glorified in our eyes today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, I love the Christmas story. Uh, the other day we saw the preschool and kindergarten acted out right up here on this platform. And it was, uh, it was beautiful and it was also interesting as it always is with preschoolers. Um, but you know, uh, when we read the fr- Christmas story, at first, at the very beginning of the story, it starts to appear like it's just another story in a long line of stories of human failure. Yeah, but thank god it turns out that it wasn't let's look at matthew 1 starting at verse 18 this morning it says this is how the birth of jesus the messiah came about his mother mary was pledged to be married to joseph but before they came together she was found to be pregnant through the holy spirit because joseph her husband was faithful to the law he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife, but he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Hallelujah. That's a good place to cheer, right? When we hear it, that's just, that's just awesome. Um, you know, each of us meets discouragement and fear in our lives, and uh, you know, they are two of the main weapons that our enemy, the devil, um, uses against us. But beyond the concentrated attack of the enemy, uh, I, f- I find that one of the reasons I tend to find myself feeling discouraged is uh, when other people fail me, or when I feel like other people fail me, um, and I get disappointed. You know, people fail us every day or fail to live up to our hopes and expectations. However, it's not just other people that fail us. We fail. We ourselves fail other people, and we fail ourselves. Most importantly, we fail God and disappoint Him. But here's good news. Jesus doesn't fail or disappoint, amen? The birth of Jesus is such a big deal because God came to be with us. And you might say, well, God's always been in the world, but it's different. Uh, he became one of us. He took on flesh and became a man. It was a restart. Jesus is called the second Adam, right? That God said, I'm going to send my son and he is going I God am gonna take on flesh and become a man to fulfill um, my purposes you know he came not only just to rescue us from our predicament to save us from our sins so that we could go to heaven one day and be with him and then just uh, uh, go back to heaven but he he came to fulfill for us and through us uh, what we failed to do he came in our stead and he like i said he didn't come temporarily and then leave but he came to become a fixture to stay in the world uh, and live in the lives of us who believe in him. Uh, He is the one who never fails. And what he has promised in Matthew 28, 20, that he will be with us always. Amen? And in Hebrews 13, 5, he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Praise the Lord. That's what we're celebrating at Christmas. Uh, When God created the world... He made man in his own image. What does that mean? Well, it means that we are, a word we could use is image bearers. Here in the earth, we are the image bearers of the creator God. We, in other words, he gave Adam and Eve, and later on after the flood, he gave Noah a delegated authority. He, he delegated his authority and said, you represent me here on earth. Um, in Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 to 28. Here's what he said. Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that, so that that's the reason he did it, they may rule over the fish. I like that one when I go out fishing. I, I, I meditate on that concept. They may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish. There it is again. In the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Do you see that it was more than just we have legs and arms and, or whatever, that God looks like that or whatever. Uh, it's more than just even that we have a spirit. Um, but it's, it is that we carry his authority Here in the earth, we are his image bearers, and he gave us a specific job to do. Why he did this, I don't know. But he did not create the earth that he could come himself and personally oversee it. Not saying that he doesn't oversee the affairs of the earth, but he delegated authority to us to uh, take that peace that he started and expand it, expand his kingdom. Uh, in imagery, we could say the perfect garden of Eden. That that we take that and expand it, and uh, rule the earth in His love, in His righteousness, in His grace. Uh, under His authority. Um, so, God is sovereign, right? But he delegates his sovereignty and so the in his sovereignty the way he designed is that we would be in charge here on earth Um, what happened adam and eve quickly failed and we would have done it too if we were in their place and we handed that authority basically in sinning and following the temptation of satan they handed that authority over to satan so why would Satan have authority over the earth? It's not from God, but it is handed over from human beings to him. And uh, we failed God in the t- with the task he entrusted to us. Uh, God knows everything ahead of time, right? So he was not surprised. He was not surprised at this turn of events. Uh, but we certainly failed him and we certainly disappointed him. We can read verses. Uh, there's a verse in chapter 6, is it? Or chapter 5 of Genesis that says uh, there was a point where he, he uh, regretted putting mankind on the earth. Uh, nevertheless, God doesn't get discouraged. In the face of people failing him, he does not get discouraged, as we are often tempted to do. The one who knew our future before he created us also had redemption planned from before the beginning. All right, So it was no surprise for him. Uh, Here's what what Peter says in chapter 1 of 1 Peter, starting at verse 18. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed from your empty way of life and handed down to that was handed down to you from your ancestors but with the precious blood of Christ a lamb without blemish or defect he was chosen before the creation of the world but was revealed in these last times for your sake okay so this was not like Oh no! God saying, Oh no! What happened to my plan? It failed. Uh, he knew, of course, before he made us that it was going to happen, but he still went through with it. Right? Um, this, this is good news for people of all time, both the Old Testament and the New Testament. Um, but it, it was only revealed. It only, uh, we only understood it when Jesus was born. And as he grew up, lived, died and rose again, that we, we understood this mystery. Um, in Colossians chapter 1:27, Paul says, "To them, uh, God, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory." Um, this is the good news. The God, never, God never scrapped his plan to rule the earth through the human image bearers that he created. Instead, he redeemed it. You know, let's look at it this way. God's, God's plans don't fail, right? But God's plans involve humanity where there is weakness. We were watching The Mandalorian last night. Oh, oh, I've got to be careful not to give any spoilers. But... There are some, uh, the bad side's got some, uh, not creatures, uh, what do they call them, droids, I guess. And they, they said they uh, eliminated the human element of weakness from these soldiers. And, uh, but God has chosen to involve humans who have weakness in his plan. And yet God is so amazing that his plan doesn't fail because of our weakness. His plan completely works. And uh, what happened? God, to fulfill this plan, God himself, the second person of the Trinity, who we find in the Old Testament appearing, uh, was born and became a true man, came here in flesh, so that he could rule as the God-man, in a way that Adam could not, in a way that none of us could uh, hold up that authority, he came to do it, and that's why that's why Paul uh, says that um, that Jesus um, that that's why he won the total victory at the cross. Um, but in him also, not only did he win that victory and fulfill God's plan, but we also in turn are empowered to rule with Jesus in the way that he originally intended. In other words, we're put back into what he meant for us to do all along. Praise the Lord. So in Romans 8:28, you know that verse, but we're going to read the next two verses too. Paul says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. What does that mean? He knew us ahead of time, and he knew our weakness. He knew that we would sin, and yet he predestined us to become like Jesus. Jesus is the perfect human being who could rule with God's authority on earth the right way, and he predestined us to be the same way, to be able to fulfill his plan in the same way, so that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters, do you understand? So Jesus is the son of God, so that means we are who? Also sons and daughters of God and uh, brothers and sisters of Jesus. He's the firstborn. That means we also walk in the same path, in the same purpose, in the same DNA, if you will, when we are born again. We weren't like that. We didn't walk like that before, we, before Jesus. But when he comes into our lives, he raises us up to the level and enables us to walk as he did. That's part of it. It continues in verse 30. Those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified, made us righteous. Those he justified, he also glorified. I don't know. We, we kind of skim over that word glorified when we read it in the Bible because it's a Bible word. But what does it mean that he glorified? We know what it means. He justified us. He made us clean, right? He forgave our sins. But he glorifies us. It's past tense, it's not future tense. Okay? Glorified, what does it mean? And Jesus revealed his glory to his disciples on the Mount of Transfiguration. Uh, And he also revealed his glory through the works that he did. And he's saying he has done that to us believers already. It's past tense there, right? That we might walk in the glory that Jesus walked in when he was on earth. All right, so at this point, can you see why our enemy and God's enemy, Satan, would or why he does try so hard to attack us with two things, discouragement and fear. Because God has done this to us if we are in Christ. He has made us this identity. Satan, The only thing that Satan can do is deceive us into not believing it. And fear and discouragement are the way he, he does that. He's, he's got no hope of defeating God the only goal he could have is to thwart God's plan by us not taking the authority and ruling the earth the way God intended. And he works, and the devil works very hard at that goal. Um, but again, Jesus totally defeated him at the cross because Jesus became true man and he took authority and did that. But he doesn't want to stop there. He wants... On an individual level, God wants us to walk in that authority. Me, this person, you, that son, that daughter of God, he wants each of us to walk in that. And the devil still fights to deceive each individual one of us from fulfilling our purpose in Christ. But it's all through deception, by getting us to not believe the truth. Let's look back at an example uh, at the story of Joshua in the Old Testament. Joshua's name, by the way, in Hebrew means what Jesus in uh, was it Greek or Aramaic? Um, but Jesus and Joshua is the same name, and uh, Joshua is an Old Testament example for us. And uh, this is an important story uh, for me because uh, my my life's verse comes at the end of this. Uh, it was given to me by my pastors when I was 13 years old in confirmation. Um, let's read it. Now, after the death of his servant Moses, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise you and all these people, and cross over the Jordan into the land that I am giving to the children of Israel. Do you see that that it is a land that God is giving to them? Again, in verse 3, I have given you every place where the sole of your foot will tread. It's been done already, right? It's a legal deed. I have given Just as I promised to Moses, your territory shall extend from the wilderness and Lebanon to the great river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and west as far as the great sea. No one shall stand against you all the days of your life. Now, that does not mean no one shall try to stand against you. There's a difference. But no one will be successful standing against you, Joshua, all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. That sounds like Emmanuel. That's a promise, right? That's that's the heart of the promise here. So, because of that promise, here's the command. Be strong and courageous. For you shall give these people the inheritance of the land. Wait a minute. I thought he said, I have given you the inheritance of the land. Why does he say, Joshua, now be strong and courageous because you are going to give these people. That's the way it works. God has delegated. It's a done deal. He's given it to us. Now, Joshua, you need to walk in it. But you are able to do it. Why? Because I am with you. You just need to walk in it. Um, and in other words, in, in the New Testament, we call that grace. We, he gives us the grace to do things um, that he's called us to do because he's with us. Uh, Be strong and courageous, for you shall give these people the inheritance of the land that I swore to their fathers I would give them but I'm using you to do it. It's a promise, though, too. It's a prophecy. You shall give it to them. Joshua takes, should take heart in that. Above all, be strong and very courageous. This is words for us this morning. Why does he repeat it? This is not this is the second time. I think it's the third time or the fourth time, uh, starting back in the end of the book of Deuteronomy that he says this, and he emphasizes, above all, this is the most important thing, Be strong and courageous. I speak to you this morning again in the the word of God. Above all, be strong and courageous. Okay? Speak to myself as well. Be careful. Here's another thing that goes with it. Be careful to observe all the law that my servant Moses commanded you. Oh, I can't do that. I'm just a human being. I can't please God and obey the law. No, I am with you. Christ is in us now. It's different. We've been born again. It's different. We are empowered. Be careful to observe all the law that my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left. Why? So that you may prosper. Not so that I will be with you. I'm already with you, okay? But obey my ways because you will prosper in them. You want to prosper? Walk in my commandments, be careful, OK. You want to be successful? Walk in my commandments. How are we going to do that? This book of the law must not depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night. It would be that this word applies to us, too, right? We don't throw out the Old Testament he's saying he's giving instruction how to be successful ruling in the delegated authority that god has given us on earth well be strong and courageous okay but practically speaking don't let the book of the law the word of god depart from your mouth meditate on it day and night are we do we do that these are his instructions this is how to be successful so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. For then, once again it says, then you will prosper and succeed in all you do. He doesn't say, then I will love you. He already loves us. He doesn't say, then I will be with you. He's already with us. But he says, then you will prosper and be successful. So here are my instructions for how to rule. Follow my instructions, and then you will rule correctly. And you will prosper, and you'll be blessed, and you'll be successful. And finally, verse 9, which is my life's verse. Have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Hallelujah. How can we be strong and righteous? What reason do we have not to be discouraged? How many of you have faced things this week, maybe this weekend, that have been discouraging? Maybe this morning somebody communicated with you and and stress or discouragement or fear tries to poke you in the chest. Uh... What reason do we have not to be discouraged or afraid? It's because the Lord is with us wherever we go. It's because he is God with us, Emmanuel. Think about Joshua. He had intimidating shoes to fill, right? Moses is looked up like Moses is the man. He's the one through whom God had performed innumerable signs and wonders. And uh, even... At that level, Moses' level, think about the people. How many times did they rebel against Moses' authority? Even though they had seen all of those miracles, right? Uh, so he says, even as I was with Moses, I would be with you. And Joshua's thinking, yeah, I was around when you were with Moses. And I know what kind of people those are and how rebellious they were. <laughs> and he was successful. And still, it's an intimi- what I'm saying, it's an intimidating task. It was an intimidating it was intimidating for joshua and the task that god gives us can be intimidating for you and for me do you agree i agree uh you know beyond beyond that the people that he was assigned to lead uh what they were supposed to do is go make war and uh they were going into a land uh that was uh, filled with giants and uh some of them were, really were giants. Uh, they were like the avengers. Some of them were descendants of the Nephilim. Uh, they were like the avengers of the Old Testament, except they were bad guys, not good guys. And uh, these, these were people who populated the land that God had given Joshua and the Israelites. And Joshua probably remembered the last time he was on the other side of the Jordan River spying that land out, and they saw all the good things in the land, but the bad people and the formidable enemies in the land. When he and his 11 buddies came back from spying, 10 of them uh, failed him deeply by giving a bad report and turning the people's hearts against what God wanted them to do. And so you could see how Joshua might be tempted to be afraid. He might be tempted to be discouraged with the task that God had charged him with. As are we sometimes. God God told Joshua, never mind all that. I will be with you. That was it. The reason you shouldn't worry about any of those things, and they were good reasons probably, is that he would be with them, with Joshua. Joshua only had to be strong and courageous. And he could do that by being careful to obey all that God had commanded them. In other words, these are the instructions. Here's the battle plans. Here's the way of life that you need to teach and to act and to lead these people in order to be successful. And I will be with you with, to provide the power and the grace to do it, the resources that you need. Um, Because after all, God was the one, again, who was giving it to them. Actually, who had already given it to them. That's Emmanuel, God with us. You and I, our calling is no less than Joshua's. Uh, Through Jesus Christ. God tells us to be strong and courageous as well because we've been called to do our part to advance the kingdom of God in the earth. Do we have what we need? Do you have what you need? Yes. What, what is that? Emmanuel. God is with you. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 13, verse 44, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. So Jesus is the treasure that's worth selling everything for. In the task that we've been given to live life and spread the kingdom of God in the way that he's specifically called each one of us, you and me, um, to work in, Jesus is everything that we need to accomplish it. You might say, I'm not a good speaker. Well, I, I said that too. Um, Moses said that too, right? Um, that doesn't matter. It doesn't, you might say, I can't do this. I don't have this. This problem is attacking me. And Jesus says, I'm everything you need. I don't have the money. I'm everything you need. I don't have the courage. Well, believe in me. I'm everything you need. I'm not qualified. Jesus is qualified. He is everything we need. Do we believe it? By the way, when we say those things, where are those ideas coming from? The enemy. Because remember, he's the one that's trying to discourage us. He's the the one causing us to fear. Because he's the one that doesn't want God's will accomplished in the world. The truth is, he is our source of power, of love, of health, strength, peace, joy, and courage. He's our strong tower. He's our shepherd. He's the bread of life. He has given us his Holy Spirit to be our counselor, comforter, and friend who sticks closer than a brother. Where do we learn all these things? Through the word. So what does he say? Be careful to meditate on my word day and night. We truly have reason to rejoice as we think about what we've received from Jesus uh, when he came into the world as Emmanuel. So I think it's okay to celebrate Christmas, even if Jesus may not have been born on December 25th. We should celebrate it. Amen? So in closing, I want to read a a couple things. I feel like the Holy Holy Spirit has spoken to me. Uh, It's not just me that he speaks to. He speaks to you too, and he will speak to you. Why? Because... The Holy Spirit is part of Emmanuel, God with us. Uh, but we, and we need to listen to his voice. He will encourage us. Um, he's the word made flesh. So um, this is just a journal entry from, I guess it was a week ago yesterday. And uh, I was just listening to the Holy Spirit and writing it down. Um, it's, I just read it as, it's an example of how God What God is saying to us, I find that the the Holy Spirit, when I I take time to listen to his voice, he encourages, encourages, encourages. He speaks truth. Uh, What he said to me that day, I think he says to you today, trust me and I will come through for you. Serve me and I will make you fruitful. Love me and I will make you fulfilled. In loving me, you cannot go wrong. My love will not fail you. It will empower you. Trust in me. Depend on me. Be devoted to me. And you will not be disappointed. In this world, you will face trouble on account of me. But you will not suffer defeat. For I have overcome the world. Trust in me. Seek me. Pursue me. Though it costs all you have, follow me. Fill your heart with my word. Let me be big in your eyes. Feed on my truth, for I am trustworthy and altogether faithful. I love you. Trust in me and don't be discouraged. Amen? That's a good word. I just want to share one more thing. This was one I saw on YouTube. This week, I don't know if you've ever heard of Pastor Kent Christmas. He's uh, from a church called Regeneration Nashville. And he he said that this is part of a message he gave uh, earlier this week. uh, Especially considering the time we're in. Right now, there are waves. There are boisterous waves that are trying to turn our attention away from the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen. Jesus Christ can do anything. You believe it? And the enemy is trying to get us to look in the natural and get our eyes off Jesus Christ. And the moment that you begin to look at the waves, then then you're going to lose your faith. It's not mean. It doesn't mean you're not going to be saved anymore. We have faith for this thing and that thing, right? Don't throw in the towel. Get your eyes off the waves. The moment that Peter got his eyes off Jesus, he began to sink. And then he realized and he cried out, Master, save me. And Jesus reached down with his hand and lifted Peter back up. It doesn't say that the waves stopped then. It said that they got in the boat. That when they they got in the boat, the waves ceased. That means that Peter walked back to the boat with Jesus, through waves that had previously destroyed his faith. That's awesome, isn't it? Like the waves that made him sink before uh, he walked back through successfully. You're going to have to take your eyes off the natural, and you're going to have to start getting your eyes on Jesus. This is his hour. We are his people. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. God can do anything. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your calling. We thank you for your goodness. Lord, we celebrate Jesus uh, becoming Emmanuel, God with us. And we open ourselves to you. And Lord, this morning, um, we repent for the times that we've given in to fear and discouragement, even the times that we have repeated, maybe many times that we have repeated what the voice of the enemy whispered in our ear. And Lord, we, we ask that you would become big in our eyes. We ask that you would give us grace to meditate on your word day and night, that we would be strong and courageous, uh, that would we would um, believe your word and by grace, walk in the plans that you have for us day by day, bringing your kingdom to this world. Lord Jesus, we praise you, we glorify you, and uh, Lord, we yield to you. Lord, we submit to you. We want to do your will. Uh, Grant us grace to have confidence and strength in your name. Amen.